I'm Patricia Grabarek. And I'm Katina Sawyer, and welcome to the Worker Being Podcast. So today, Katina, I hear you have an exciting article that came from my advisor from grad school. I do. I have an article by Alicia Grandy. And it's with a recent grad from our same program, Gordon Sayre. I hope I'm saying his name correctly. But um, and then someone else I know, Kimberly French. So this is a paper of friends. That's awesome. Um, Yes. And uh, so what are what are the friends saying? Well, I'll tell you. So (laughs) this paper is about um, people facing work loss during coronavirus lockdown. Uh, So people that might have lost their jobs or been furloughed during that period of time. And they're looking at the impact of job loss versus not losing your job. Um, And they're looking at how it could have some negative mental and physical health outcomes because people are uh, more stressed and upset around the threat to their jobs and their kind of livelihood. But there could also be a like a positive path because you're freed from the stresses of working and you can focus more on home and maybe doing things that you enjoy. Interesting. So well, they look at the impacts of lo- of work loss during COVID on mental and physical health. Well, I'm very curious to learn about this one. I mean, there were definitely times where, well, I'm very, very lucky that I worked throughout the whole thing. But there were times where I watched other people that were like on furlough and I had a couple weeks and I was like, hmm, <laughs> I want to yeah. do what they're doing. Yeah. So and that's I kind of their it. point. That's kind of their point is that... Um, uh, especially if you're in a job that's stressful, they're looking at, um, hospitality workers. And, um, Mm -hmm. so if you're in a job that's really stressful as well, like sometimes while they say in the paper and we would never say like being chronically under or unemployed is a positive thing for your health because over time this becomes very problematic, right? From a financial perspective and well-being perspective and access to benefits and all that kind of stuff. But, uh, this is basically about short-term job loss, If that occurs, is it always entirely bad or are there some things that you might be able to think about as both a blessing and a curse when you lose a job and have a gap in between that job and your next job? It's so interesting that it's hospitality workers just because my sister works in hospitality and uh, so I definitely been like watching from the sidelines some of the, the stuff going on over there and like she had some... She had like a little bit of time off, but she was mostly kept on um, in a very stressful situation. So mm-hmm. and then like all of, you know, there were there were times where she would even say something like, I wish I was furloughed because the situation is bonkers. So, yeah, I it's really an interesting population just from like a personal perspective. So I'm very curious to hear about it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I will let you know how <laughs> it turns soon. out very soon. Yes. Yes. Well, um, for everyone that listened to our last episode, we are now recording this right afterwards so that we can actually take a vacation. <laughs> so Yay. we, when this airs, Katina will be sitting by the lake. I'll just come back from the lake. Yes. It's going to be lovely. Can't wait. Yes. It'll be very exciting. Um, but we already recapped what we're doing and where we're going in the last episode So I just thought of something that is actually a continuation of a conversation that we had last time that I wanted to bring up to you is that I started watching a show on Netflix 
called yes. Penguin Town. What is Penguin Town? <gasps> oh my god. It is basically a reality show drama about penguins. Oh my gosh. I was going to ask you, are there actually penguins in it? This oh, is yes. my favorite thing. So we were talking about can penguins live in the heat and we were talking about those Hawaii penguins and whatever. Okay. So these penguins live in South Africa. Mm-hmm. So it is very hot and they have to like um, they they get to South Africa in the summer and they have to they have a short period of time that they have to like find a mate and find a place to make a nest and then they have to make babies there to like populate uh, the South African penguin like that's basically their like innate instinct is like we have to make more of us right so a lot of their lives are based around finding a mate making babies but they do mate for life if they end up successfully hatching babies together the first time that they decide to pair up then they will continue to be together season after season if their first time is a failure they will find a new mate which I didn't know that Oh, that's really interesting. Yeah, so they have a name for each of the penguin couples. You track them. <laughs> and, like, so last episode, like, the one pair is called the Culverts. And, like, it was very distressing because the Culverts all, they put their nests in a stupid spot. And all oh, their eggs. No. Yeah, all their eggs got washed away to sea. Well, it seemed like a good spot. But it's actually, like, a flash flood, um, like, drain And so as soon as they got the first like major rain, it washed all their eggs away. So they like effectively got divorced. (laughs) So like, it's so So crazy. I know. And like, there's all this drama, like penguins are like threatening other penguins. And like, it's all crazy. It's all crazy. It's really entertaining. Patton Oswalt is the um, narrator. And (laughs) we were just looking for something like fun to watch. And I was like, why don't we just see what's Penguin Town? And Brendan was like, I don't want to watch Penguin Show. And at first it started off like so ridiculous that he was like, Katina, like sincerely, like this is like, come on. Like they're like (laughs) making it seem like it's this whole thing. And then by the end of it, he was like, oh my God, like not Mr. Mrs. Bougainvillea. Like we're like all... We're like all into it. That's amazing. Okay. Well, that sounds like a fun, hopefully sort of light. Like, is there a lot of death? That's all I need to know. No, no. And actually there was like one part. There's no, there's not. And they also don't, the penguins aren't tagged. So Mm -hmm. if a penguin goes away and disappears and they presume that it might've died, you don't see that. You just, it's just like you might not see that penguin again. But okay. like it's not like you're like watching penguins die. No. Yeah, that's like my one hesitation every time when there's like a nature show. I'm yeah. like, okay, if we're talking about penguins, like is something going to eat a penguin? Like or is the penguin going to be fine and I don't have to watch it get eaten? Because I don't want to get watch penguins being eaten by whatever eats penguins. Penguins get eaten Seal. by sharks seals. and seals. Yeah. Um, but... They don't really show that and well, they don't show that at all. The only thing that they do show some of in case it would bother you is that like birds try to eat the eggs, but, um, you know, it's, it's just, you would maybe see it fly away with an egg or something, but not like a screaming penguin. Okay. So I might still cry, but I won't be like as distressing. It's not traumatic. Yeah. Yeah. It's not traumatic. I would say it's, it's mostly very lighthearted just watching these penguins like 
try to make their life work. So oh, well, Penguin Town. Yep. Yes. That's what it is. Yes. That's fun. Well, yes. Yeah. I knew penguins like were in South, um, in the Southern Hemisphere, like in South. I didn't realize, I guess South Africa makes sense if they're like in the South, Southern point of South America. Like why not South Africa? Right. So yep. that makes yeah. sense. Yep. So that's my new thing is watching some penguins live their life (laughs) well hey 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 that's uh that sounds fun i mean we've been we watched uh we've been watching ted lasso since like i haven't seen the second season yet but i really want to start it so good and so yeah we're like whatever episode in we're just watching it every week as it comes out and but we finished we rewatched the first season and then we finished on Friday, we like watched the most recent episode, and then on Saturday, we're like, "Well, what are we gonna watch now? I want something happy." <laughs> but now you've given us something happy, so that's good. <laughs> yes, Penguin Town is happy. Um, yeah, I we still have to watch the second season. How many episodes is it in? Is it now like four or something? Yeah, four or five. I can't remember off the top of my okay. head, but yeah, I love that show. It's so, oh, so good. so good, so I good. I love it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, so we're gonna definitely have to watch that. Maybe we'll watch it. I don't know when we'll watch it. Maybe Brendan likes to watch a show all the way, like have access whole to all the episodes. So we may wait until they're all out to watch it. But yeah. Um, but yeah, that's exciting. Well, we've done a good job of watching some lighthearted shows. That's positive. And now we've given our listeners a couple recommendations. So <laughs> I feel like we have given some good tips up front, even though we just discussed most of what we've been doing previously. Yes, and we know that laughing and being happy is good for your mental health. (laughs) And so let's hear more about what may or may not be good for mental health when it comes to work loss. You're so right. Perfect. (laughs) Perfect. Um, So that's great. And yes, the article is called A Blessing and a Curse. Work loss, work loss during coronavirus lockdown on short-term health changes via threat and recovery. A very long title. And as we mentioned, it's by Alicia Grandy and Gordon Sarah and Kimberly French. And it was published in the Journal of Occupational Health Psychology just this very year of 2021. So Yay. it is new. And basically, as I mentioned earlier, this article is about whether or not temporary job loss is something that is positive or negative for people's mental and physical health. And there are some reasons why they think that there may be these positive or negative impacts. So on one hand, when people are furloughed or laid off, that basically signals, as you can imagine, like a scarcity of resources. So there's a threat to my industry, a threat to my livelihood. And so as I'm experiencing this threat around me, I'm going to potentially have more distress. It might manifest in physical symptoms. Um, And so I might see my health go down, right? Right. On the other hand, um, there are some reasons to think that uh, there might be improvements to mental health. Because um, if you are in a job that's very stressful, having time off from that job Um, could be beneficial in some ways for your mental health. It could give you uh, some time to recover from the stress that you've experienced or you've been experiencing 
on the job. Um, and you could have time to engage in some activities that you don't usually have time to engage in that actually makes your health more positive. So they're basically trying to look at in this paper whether or not there are positive, negative, or both impacts on people's mental and physical health um, after they lose their job compared to people that did not lose their job. So this is particularly interesting because it's a very specific scenario, the very specific threat that's happening in the world around you. Mm -hmm. So... I mean, obviously, I'm super interested in what happens and what they found, but I'm also curious, and this is something we'll talk about, I'm sure, at the end, like, how can this apply to different situations outside of COVID? Yeah, so they're thinking of it more as a broader applicability to anybody who loses their job temporarily. So they're thinking that even though it's not, um, you know, even though it happened, COVID was the reason that they lost their job, they're thinking that the reasons why it had these positive or negative effects would be true regardless for anybody who lost their job for a short period of time. So they're not trying to say that if these people remained unemployed for extended periods of time, that these same impacts would be true, but at least in the short term that there's some positive impacts to having some time potentially away from the job compared to uh, just thinking that it has all negative impacts. That makes sense. Okay. Interesting. Well, what do they find or what, how do they do this? Yeah. Yeah. So basically what they did was they looked at um, individuals working in hospitality. So they had already been collecting data in February, 2020, about a month prior to the lockdown. And they were just doing a different study on service workers in hospitality. And they were forced to close their data collection because of the lockdown and things changed Whatever they were studying in the prior study could no longer be relevant anymore based on what was going on. So, but they now had this data collection with 178 people and they thought, well, this is an opportunity for us to follow these 178 people over the course of the pandemic and maybe ask some other questions. So they basically had asked the folks in the study to report on some things prior and then they sent them a survey one month after the lockdown orders were closed And then they ended up doing another follow-up sample with those individuals two months after that. So they basically had these three surveys that they were able to follow people um, across the course of time um, in the uh, hospitality industry. um, And it was sort of... uh, happenstance that they got this pre and post COVID data because the pre data was supposed to be something else. That's really creative. Yeah. Um, to like take a data set that was probably going to be garbage and like repurpose it and figure out something else. I love it. That's yeah. great. Yep. Yeah. So within the data set um, that they started, what they started gathering um, with regard to uh, the, um, you know, basic, uh, baseline things that they were interested in was that um, they had looked at uh, whether or not individuals had experienced uh, a couple of different things. So their model actually included uh, some of the variables that they continued looking at and tracking over the course of time. So they originally had measured negative affect 
uh, which is what they're looking at from a mental health perspective. So the extent to which people felt negative mood. And they had already measured somatic symptoms, things like does your stomach hurt? Do you have a lot of pain? As well as insomnia prior to Mm -hmm. the event. So they continued tracking those same sorts of things, but then added some stuff in between. So some of the stuff that they added uh, in between uh, for the second survey, sort of a month into lockdown, was um, the extent to which people perceived job and financial insecurity, the extent to which they were engaging in recovery activities, which I'll talk a little bit more about that, and the extent to which their work had changed as a result of the pandemic lockdown. So were they on reduced hours, on leave, laid off, or did they remain the same? Um, And then they looked at those same variables again from a psychological and physical health perspective uh, two months out from that survey. So they sort of had the baseline of the mental and physical health. They followed that the whole way through. But in the middle survey, they also looked at the extent to people were feeling threatened, the extent to which people were engaging in recovery activities, and whether or not their job hours had changed as a result of COVID. And so you said you're going to talk about the recovery activities a bit yes. more. What's that all about? Yes. So they measured, um, as I mentioned, job-related threat in terms of asking them about their job security and their financial security. So there were sort of two different items that they looked at there. For recovery, they looked at three different things. They looked at relaxation activities, so the extent to which people indicated that they took time for leisure or did relaxing things. Mm-hmm. They looked at mastery, which we've talked about before as a form of recovery, whether or not people engaged in like fun activities that challenge them or activities that broaden their horizons in some way. So like grow their skill set. And then they asked them how many days a week they did physical exercise for 30 minutes or more. Got it. Okay. Well, that makes sense. I'm actually really curious about the mastery piece because that felt like such a big part of the early lockdowns, people baking bread and all this stuff. Yeah. So it just feels so relevant to the sample. Yeah. It's super interesting that you're saying that um, because, uh, and you mentioned what could be um, different about this time period versus other time periods. And I'd be curious to see if these same more detailed outcomes happened. But um, so just as some general uh, background, um, from the start of the pandemic to the, or before the pandemic to a month in to two months after that, just some general trends, which people might find interesting. In the data set, they found that in general, insomnia went down a little bit compared to pre-event. So Hmm. people were actually having less trouble sleeping a little bit. Um, Positive affect was about the same before and at two months after, but people felt less positively a month in. Negative affect the same. Negative affect went up. So being in a more negative mood increased when people were in the thick of it. Um, And did it go back down at the end? Yeah, it returned to the pre-event state, basically. Okay. And then um, uh, somatic symptoms actually started, physical symptoms actually started off higher and continued to decrease over time. So kind of interesting, the physical health stuff kind of improved from pre to post, which we'll hear more about. And the positive and negative affect, emotionality, negative emotionality kind of spiked in the middle and then went back to the original levels. Okay. I, mean, I feel like that kind of makes sense because 
in the middle of it, like right when it all is kicking off, there's a lot of reactions to what's going on. Yes. Yes. So that makes sense to me. Exactly. Yes. So one thing to know is that when people lost work in any way, so compared to people whose jobs stayed the same, when people experienced some form of work loss, that did lead people to feel more threatened. So people who had more work loss did feel more threatened um, with regard to uh, whether or not they, uh, you know, were feeling financially um, secure or secure in their careers more broadly. So when you lose your work, you are more likely to feel like your job is threatened. Interestingly, um, this did not uh, impact uh, all the different things that they thought it would. So I'm just going to talk about what you should take away from it because these are the things that did turn out that they found. So when people experience work loss, they experience job threat. And when they experience job threat, their negative mood went up. And that was true both in the short term and it was also true in the long term two months later. So Mm -hmm. there is a negative pathway that works through threat that impacts the extent to which you feel negative emotions. So there is one real downside that has long lasting effects of losing your job or having reduced hours, which is I feel less financially secure. I feel less secure in my career overall. And that causes me to have more negative moods. I mean, that makes sense, right? Like if you're not sure about your own future, you're going to have more negative responses emotionally for sure. Like I know I would. So that makes a lot of sense. I think that's very intuitive. Yes, exactly. So that's sort of the negative path. So obviously it's not positive to lose your job from that perspective. Um, But what the big contribution of their paper was, was because we would expect to say, okay, when someone loses their job, it's probably not a positive thing. Uh, This actually shows that there are some positive benefits on short-term job loss. Um, And again, they couldn't compare short-term versus long-term job loss, but they are just saying they're framing it as short-term because we know from the literature that if you have chronic unemployment, like I said before, that's probably not going to have these same impacts. But if you're in between jobs, there may be some positive things that you could capitalize on. So what they found was that while work loss increased job threat, it also increased the extent to which people reported that they were um, engaging in relaxation and in exercise. However, it did not increase the extent to which people said they were engaging in master activities, which I thought was weird too because I saw so many people doing that. (laughs) Yeah, Um, yeah. that is so funny. I would have guessed that people would have increased increased (laughs) their mastery because of this like weird trend that we saw but you know what it was on social media so maybe not that people were actually doing it but social media was doing it (laughs) they're like look at this bread I baked and they're like throwing the bag out where they bought it from (laughs) (laughs) or they do it one time and that's not really increasing mastery that much you know yeah right that could be true um I baked bread exactly one time during COVID so I totally get that um so yeah so interestingly though Um, When they looked at the extent to which these recovery activities that people engaged in actually, so people did engage in some mastery activities and those master activities, when people did engage in them, did seem to have an impact on people's well-being. Um, But uh, interestingly, exercise did not seem to have an impact on anything. (laughs) That's really funny. (laughs) Yeah. So relaxation here was the big winner. And we can talk about whether or not why we think that might be the case. And it could be more context specific. But basically what they Mm -hmm. found was that 
relaxation, decreased negative moods, both a month out and to, and at the later two month survey. So the biggest hmm. long lasting effect was that relaxation, work loss led to relaxation, greater time spent in relaxation, which led to lower NA. So kind of interesting. You're getting a higher NA from one and a lower NA from the other, right? NA um, is negative so, affect. By yeah. The way. <laughs> oh, sorry. Uh, negative affect. Yes. Yeah. So the, uh, the, negative moods that people were feeling. So on one hand, losing your job increases your threat. And in the long term, that spikes your po- your negative moods. But then it sort of balances out if you're engaging in more relaxation activities because that actually decreases your negative mood. So, so basically what I'm yeah, hearing, what I'm hearing then is if you lose your job for a short period of time, make sure you're taking time to relax. <laughs> basically. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. And while it didn't hold in the long term, in the short term, relaxation impacted people's physical health symptoms. So they reported fewer physical health symptoms. And that was also held in sort of the chain of losing your job leads to more relaxation, which leads to lower health symptoms. So there's a short term physical health benefit to engaging in relaxation, as well as a short term mental health benefit. But the mental health benefits seem to stick around a little bit longer than the physical health benefits. Um, And also, just to throw one more thing in, while relaxation really was the winner here, mastery did seem to decrease people's insomnia. So they did find a link between feeling like you mastered some skill and being able to sleep better. (laughs) That's so interesting. So you successfully baked your bread and now you're like, I am so accomplished. I can sleep (laughs) easily. (laughs) I can sleep easy tonight knowing that I knitted this scarf. Um, But yeah, so, so basically, like you said, I know that that was kind of a lot of findings, but the synthesis, like you said, is if you lose your job, it's very normal and you probably will feel more financially insecure, more insecure in your career overall. And that's likely to have long-term impacts on your negative mood. You're more likely to be in a bad mood. Um, But if you engage in more relaxation activities, use your time to actually unwind and engage in relaxation, that might help to buffer that because you're going to be getting a boost from those relaxation activities that actually improve your negative mood. And in the short term, you will also see potentially some better physical health outcomes if you engage in relaxation than if you did not. That's, I mean, this is great. I think this is a good takeaway for people so they know what to do. I think it can be very stressful to lose your job. And if you take that time to take care of yourself and relax, that's going to be better for you. So I know that a lot of people, when they lose their job, when they get in these types of situations, they're going to maybe like hit the application super hard or do something like really aggressive to try to get back. And I think that's obviously important, right? We know that long-term unemployment's bad, but make sure you're also adding in some time to just chill. Yeah. Yep. And the questions that they asked people um, about relaxation were just like, took time to engage in leisure activities, took time to do things that I find relaxing. So it's not even that you need to be doing something specific like we should say like go watch penguin town or something like it's really just (laughs) like whatever you find relaxing or whatever you consider leisure will work so really think about what truly relaxes you 
And those are the activities that you should make sure that you're spending more time on than you did previously when you were employed during your period of unemployment than you were before. I love that. I do like that it's not specific too. So think about what makes you happy and just do that. Yeah, exactly. So they kind of say that, um, you know, the National Health Service in the United States uh, tried to encourage people to engage in stress-reducing and gratifying activities while they were in lockdown, and uh, that that actually seems to be a pretty good approach, that um, that approach is probably pretty generalizable to other periods of time that people might be um, facing uh, temporary job loss. Um, one thing that I would say is that uh, mastery generally shows more positive impacts in the literature than it did here. So I was trying to think about why that might be the case. And I was wondering if because this was not just a stressor from a job loss perspective, but also people were going through the stressor of like being in a pandemic, it could have been that relaxation actually became particularly important. So Mm -hmm. not that I don't think relaxation would be important in other contexts, But I think that mastery might become more important in a more regular context because maybe people just didn't really want to spend time like engaging with their minds or trying to like do something where it's like active. But maybe people really did just need to like chill, you know, and that the Mm -hmm. mastery effects didn't really work as well because that just wasn't really what people needed right now. Yeah, I think that's a really good point because it is a very specific situation and you're not only stressed out by the job loss, right? A lot Mm -hmm. of people are stressed out by the pandemic itself and stress about catching it or how do you protect your family and I can't go anywhere and I'm sitting at home all the time. Like those types of things are also stressors. So Mm -hmm. I think you might be right that like that extra need to just relax and disconnect from things could be driving the extreme positivity I don't want to say extreme but the higher positivity related to relaxation than mastery yeah yep I think so yeah like I think the benefits of relaxation would still hold because we know from the literature relaxation is good too but I was just trying to think about like oh we know mastery is usually good for you why didn't it work here and it could have just been that people were just like I don't know give me a break like I'm trying to manage a bunch of stuff I don't need to also like become a world-class knitter or something like just leave me alone. You know what I mean? So um, especially a month in like perhaps as time went on longer too, like mastery maybe would have had a bigger impact because people were more like adjusted. But when we were only four weeks into the lockdown, it feels like maybe that could have been just a little much. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. Interesting. Well, I'm glad you shared this with us. Thought it was really interesting and I'll be curious to see like future work kind of following up on this in different time periods. Um, yeah. Because I think that'll be important. Yeah, me too. They talked about that in the article that people should look at even farther time horizons to see the impact of job loss down the line even more because there could be accumulating effects on physical symptoms or other sorts of things. So I agree. It would be cool for people to add to this and also look at different time frames and um, whatnot. But yeah. So if you, if you happen to lose your job and you're in between jobs or you're looking for a job, um, remember to throw some relaxation into the mix. It could be what you need to buffer some of those negative impacts. Yeah. Great advice. Easy enough to implement, right? You yeah. just do something you like. That should yep. be easy. <laughs> Absolutely. That's it. Well, thank you so much for sharing this article. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you for listening to it. 
And to all of our listeners, we'd love to hear from you. If you have any questions, comments, thoughts, you can email us at contact at workerbeing.com. You can always find us on our website, workerbeing.com, and on our social media at workerbeing on LinkedIn, Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. And finally, if you like our show, we'd love for you to leave us a review, subscribe, and share it with someone else that might enjoy it too. Thanks for listening. The Worker Being Podcast is hosted by us, Patricia Grabarek and Katina Sawyer, and produced by Allie Johnson. Oh.